Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, huddle up, huddle up. We're going to crank these engines up on one, on one. All right. Wait, did he? Wait, did he Drivers, start your engines. This is the finish line. I approached a great offensive lineman in the past. Larry Little, Dwight Stevenson, Jim Langer, all Hall of Famers, and Richmond Webb belongs to that same group. Here are your hosts, legendary Miami Dolphins left tackle Richmond Webb, Reason, and Mr. Ballgame. What's good, Finn Nation? What's good? It's your boy, Reason, and we are back here for another one. And guess what? Your boy had to break out the, the pities because it's official. Now I don't got to listen to, oh, when's it going to happen? No, oh, it's not happening. They blew it. Oh, they screwed it up, bro. I tell you this before, I'll tell you this again. Stop listening to people who don't know football and who aren't plugged in already. Thank you. That's my PSA for today welcome to another episode of the finished line as always i'm your host reason joined by the triple og the man who can dance mr ball game and the legendary richmond wow look at that i switched it up on y'all too <laughs> boys and girls the super bowl is over it was quite the game and now the real season begins the season that the dolphins always seem to win every year, and that's the offseason. And it's starting with Vic Fangio. It's official, it's official, it's official. But before we get into that and all of the topics for today, how you boys feeling? A little little pep in your step? A little a little, a little, little frisk in, in the brisk of the air for y'all? What's going on? Go ahead, ball gang. <laughs> you know, I told people last week, man, um, be patient. You know what I'm saying? Things will have things have a process that they have to go through, and because they hadn't made it, you know, they hadn't made a um, statement about what's really happening or what's going on or whatnot. Didn't mean it wasn't going to happen, but I get it, man. Our fan base, man, they're a little thirsty. I get it, but they gotta be reasonable too. Like Super Bowl was going on, nobody really that concerned about the Dolphins at that point of the other week or that time of the year, but us. The fans themselves, they got the NFL got a whole nother gamut of things they needed to handle. So let the Super Bowl and all of that get by first, and then you know the individual team business can happen, and that's exactly what happened. Like I said last week, you know it was, it was gonna happen when it was gonna happen. And um, the man is now in the building, and um, I think it's gonna be monumentally huge for us, you know, um, to have two head coaches on one team, but one so handling the defensive side of the ball and then Mike having his his guys on the opposite side of the ball. I think this is going to be amazing, man. Two has to stay healthy like we all know, man. Probably would have rewrote some of the record books for passing. So um, at this point right now, you can't help but be giddy about the possibilities. 
I see all of the, you know, the the blogs and people talking crazy and wanting to bring in other quarterbacks and all this other type of stuff. But you know, at the end of the day, I don't think they understand the true essence of how this how this game works, how the business works, and really and truthfully, staying the course that we're on. In my opinion, you know, and call me whatever you want, but I think that this kid has endured enough to for me to feel like you know what I'm saying all he needs is just one shot. You know what I'm saying? And this might be the year where everything Are we talking about two or B him. Rabbit? Are we talking about two no, or no, B no. Rabbit? Two, 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 two. <laughs> and we stay healthy <laughs> as a team, right? Because that matters as well. Because no matter how great Tua is, and if he stays healthy, if everybody else around him is falling, and it's going to be an issue too. And, you know, yeah. a lot of that's not even on him, but I, I do believe that, you know what I'm saying, the, the injury bug moves about the NFL, and hopefully it's just leaving South Florida. If it leaves South Florida, that lines us up with the destiny towards the Super Bowl. And, you know, uh, Power Rankings got us at number eight. And, you know what I'm saying, um, in terms of um, the 32 teams, we're number eight right now. We're already in the top 10, so they know that we're on the radar. This time two years ago, nobody had us on that radar. They didn't have us anywhere in that top 10. So it's just a matter of how things gel now at this point. And, you know, people just got to be patient, man. Enjoy this. Enjoy this time. Don't be all extra over the top frustrated about things that don't really have anything to do with you. Just be glad that the front office is doing things now that truly um, – align them with the best success possible and, you know, possible trip at the Super Bowl. Because a lot of things go into those last two teams from both sides getting there. Some things are completely out of their control, but the things that the Dolphins can control, I think they're taking advantage of and putting themselves in position to mitigate those things as much as possible. And it's a good place to be as a Dolphin fan. So that's my that's my rant for that. Um, I'm good, Rich. You know, I just got done right before we got on here, man, spoiling my grandbaby. So, you know, I'm in a good mood. But what's good with you out there in uh, Texas? You know? Man, I know you're going to pick up where you left off. She She's just waiting for you to finish this show. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. good. You know, I let you and Reason rant. And, uh, you know, the thing, like Reason said, y'all just listen to him. You know, we talked about this at least two, maybe three weeks ago after the news broke about Fangio and, and then it came out and he said, no, I ain't accepted anything. And, you know, we, I, I felt it was a done deal, but even if it wasn't, I felt we was going to still be in good hands with the people that had lined up, even, even in the event that he didn't take the job, but he did. And then when you get a coach like that on the opposite side of the ball, the way the, the offense has, it's like night and day when, you know, Bank Daniel came in and then to get, you know, Fangio running the defense along with his experience. He's been a head coach, this and that. And then, like you just said, ball game for us in the power rankings to be number eight. A lot of the fans on teams don't pay attention to that, but a lot of that goes into that is players, the staff that you have kind of surrounded around yourself, this and that. And, you know, barring injury, like you say, the injury bug hit us last year, but we don't have those injuries. I could, I, I just feel like easily we probably win at least three more games. I mean, I might be, I know I'm a fan and all that, but the way the rhythm and everything was just going, I just, you know, I just feel we would have finished much better. And I, I think uh, the NFL is definitely paying attention for us to be ranked eight. The Super Bowl just finished. And out of 32 teams, like you said, we wasn't even in the top 10 last year. 
that's that's a huge success. So they're expecting big things from us. We're not going to be able to sneak up on people. They're like, man, we got our hands full. So they got to get ready to play. So I'm in a good mood. Now, like 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 Reza said, the, the offseason starts. It's where I do, do our best work. So as far as free agents, the draft, stuff like that, it's time to start getting into that. So I'm looking forward to that. You got some static with your mic. I know you had oh, yeah. AirPods oh, earlier. If you throw those AirPods in, and if you change the, uh, just make sure under the settings that under your audio, if you can, you can change the mic to your AirPods, and it might come through cleaner. Let me know. Okay, is that better? Is that better? Can you hear me? You still got a little bit of static. Do you hear that ball game or no? Still got a little bit of static. Yeah. Huh. Is that I better? Yeah. Still Same static. Here. A little bit. It's yeah. not as bad. It's not as bad. You want me to leave out and come back in? It's not as bad, though. Uh, you can try that. Try leaving out and come back, coming back right. in. Maybe maybe that'll fix hey, it up. Because... Once again, man, congratulations to the... Um, to the what? Congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs, man. They kept... Can the Kansas City Chiefs, they kept it in the AFC, baby. You know? And... and um. Congratulations uh, once again to Zach Thomas. Long overdue. You know what I mean? They finally they finally getting around and doing the right thing. You know, Jason, there's no way Jason should have got in before Zach, in my opinion. Yeah, but you know, I agree. Um it is really neither one of them should yeah. neither one of them should be getting in before Richmond if we're really keeping it a buck, but here we are. Before Richmond. <laughs> yeah, it's it's honestly ridiculous. Exactly. And you know what? I've talked exactly, about this. It's bro. because the offensive line has no, you know, pancakes isn't a stat. You're better. You, I can already hear you're better. Yeah. Talk. Okay, good, you know, good. Crazy, yeah, you're way better. Yeah, you're way better. The, the, the crazy thing is this, though. Yeah, yeah, that's way yeah. better. The, yeah, the crazy better. thing is that the people, the vast majority of people voting have never, ever taken the time to actually go and take a real deep look at what offensive linemen actually have to endure and what they do. On a, on, and they have to do it on a consistent basis. Dog, dog. L- l- well, ball game. And for ball them game. to just how is go... what's his face from Jacksonville getting in before Richmond? What the hell is this noise? Yeah. The Italian dude that starts with the B. Yeah. What was his name? Baselli. Yeah. <laughs> what was his name? What was his name? Baselli. Baselli. Yeah. Yeah. Tony Baselli. Yeah. Come on, bro. What are we serious here? Yeah. Well, we're reaching to get he, a, a Jags left tackling. He's not gonna do it. He's not gonna say it. That's some bullshit. That is, yeah. bro. Come on. And yeah. what and what yeah. bro? Come on, dog. It's I watched football as a kid. Bro. I didn't bro. I knew who Baselli was, but I wasn't sitting here and saying this guy's the greatest ever. You know, think about the names that came out of out of the right. 90s, bro. You're talking about like Richmond Webb. You're talking about like Orlando Pace in that hey. era. You know, you're talking about the dude from uh, what's his face? Um, from Baltimore, Ogden. Oh, John you know, Jonathan Ogden. Yeah, you're talking about those names. Yeah. I ain't talking about no Baselli. Oh, Ogden. Yeah. Come on, man. Who are we lying to right now to get? Well, here's a the crazy part. A Hall of Famer, bro. Brunel. Yeah, Brunel was a lefty, so he wasn't even playing on the side that mattered the most. He wasn't even the blind side. You see what I'm saying? Brunel was a lefty. That's his open side. That's his open side, bro. Are we serious right now? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. 
what everyone will tell you. And let's be honest, Richmond Webb should be in the Hall of Fame for getting a guy named Kareem Abdul-Jabbar over a thousand freaking yards, bro. That's what the real conversation needs to be, all right? He ran left. He ran left. He ran left. Dude, you want to look he for He ran left a lot. If you, look back Dude, look, if you go you back and look, look at him. <laughs> you want to look for a stat of why Richmond Webb should be in the, in the Hall of Fame? I'll give you one. Dan Marino's only ever had one 1,000-yard rusher. Last I checked, that came under Richmond Webb. No? Thank you very much. And, yeah. Abdul-Jabbar ran left. Was, they ran left a lot, yeah, bro. And Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the guy who Richmond helped make him known, and the real Kareem Abdul-Jabbar made him change his name. <laughs> Come on, bro. Yeah. That part. <laughs> you, you got all the receipts, bro. I, bro, I, I, <laughs> bro, and I remember that as a kid, bro. Not even as an adult. I remember yeah. that as a kid. Yeah, because that was what that was. Was that ninety seven or ninety? That was ninety seven, right? Ninety seven. Ninety seven. Yeah, you probably. Ninety seven. Yeah, no, no, ninety seven right. or ninety six. Because yeah. I remember I was eleven or twelve. I remember, man. I was twenty five at the time. Twenty five. Yeah. Bro, penguins yeah. and dolphins have been, you know, before I started loving women. <laughs> you know, penguins and dolphins were there for me, right? <laughs> right? Before I was, you know, wasn't old enough. And then, so. and then we got replaced. Yeah. Bro, one of my first pictures ever is uh, my dad holding me and he's wearing a Dan Marino jersey. It's really? like one of the first pictures of me. Yeah. As a baby. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's so pretty that's cool. why, like, you know, my dad was the diehard. Dolphins fan because my dad has a little Italian in him, Marino, obviously. Okay. And and then um my my brother right. um Mario Lemieux was drafted in '84 and my bro- and I was born in '85 and my brother became a fan of the Penguins as soon as they drafted Mario Lemieux. So I was born mm. into a Penguins and a Dolphins family and a Blue Jays Sweet. family. So, anyways, let's get into this Vic Fan Show, guys. It's done. It's over with. It's been. Announced finally, um, and I got a couple things I want to say before I, I, I give you guys the floor on it because it's official, so we're going to cover it, obviously. And, all right, here's the official, you know, Miami Dolphins, Vic and Aquan Orange. All right, here's a couple things. Number one, gentlemen, he will have his press conference. His press conference is going to be Monday at 11 a.m., all right? So Monday at 11 a.m., Vic Fangio press conference. Uh, I'm going to try and go live for that press conference. So Monday at 11 a.m., uh, Vic Fangio's introductory press conference will be going down. So there you go on that. Number two, gentlemen, you know I was making the point that Vic Fangio is going to make Mike McDaniel into a tongue of a little better, correct? You remember I was making this point about everything, about how offensively, you know, about how 11 teams in the NFL run run uh, some forms of his offense, et cetera, et cetera. You know, Tua Tungvaloa, right. you know, why is he so good against man and why is he so good against the Patriots, right? What see, defense did he see the most in, the, in his time during the NFL through practice? Now he's going to be seeing this. Anyways, my whole point of saying that is once we learned what Fangio did in Philadelphia for those two weeks, that made me even more giddy, gentlemen. The fact is he wasn't helping a defense out. He was self-scouting the Kansas City offense to go against – sorry, the, the Eagles offense to go against the Kansas City defense, right? That was the first time the Kansas City defense has allowed 30 points or more since October 2nd. That was also the most points all year, including the playoffs and the regular season, 
That was the most points the Kansas City Chiefs allowed all year. So that just should get you even more giddy of what Fangio's impact is going to have on the growth of Tua Tagovailoa and Mike McDaniel as a head coach and really our offense as a whole got me excited. So, boys, it's done. It's over. It's official. He's here. Ball game talking about patience. Patience is a virtue. And we were telling all of you to be patient. It's coming. Be patient. Have some patience like a doctor's office. It's coming, baby. It's coming. And now he's here. It's official. Gentlemen, ball game. you kind of alluded to it, so I'll let you kick it off. I feel like ball game. we have an offensive genius on one side and a defensive genius on another. We've just got an older Mike McDaniel defensive mind on the other side. Two geniuses, two guys who know how to put together staffs. You know, Tom Donatrell, Tonatel, he just, um, you know, was going for the was the secondary slash safeties coach. You know, I think Ed's going to come over. It looks like Denver is exploring other options and Sean Desai. So that's on the table for Ed, Donatel, and Sean Desai to potentially join his staff. Man, I mean, by the time we get to free, my friend, we might have one of the best staffs in football put together. What are your thoughts right now on we all raved about how McDaniel put together that offensive staff. Now we've seen the holes in the staff that Flores put together when he left. That staff did not keep up the level of production he could produce when he was here. So what are your thoughts now on the balance we're going to have from a staff standpoint and what Fangio brings to the table officially now that he's on board? Well, from day one, bro, long before we ever started doing this grouping of us, way back on TDs, I always talked about the importance of coaching in the NFL, even at the highest level. And um, I think I think more than anything with where we are in terms of the balance or the mix that we have in terms of, like, the mid-tier guys, 23, 24-year-olds, some of the young guys, and some of the veterans, all these guys are still in spaces where they can – apply different new techniques from teaching and coaching to help themselves get better. X can, X, X, X is going to be able to probably extend his career another two seasons if he takes to the tutelage as well. And I think across the board, what, what you get, man, when you bring a guy like Fangio in, you know, that experience and his ability to just completely just alleviate, like I said, Mike having to be concerned about that side of the ball at all, and his veteran presence in regards to around a long time to be able to keep the you know keep Mike kind of even keel and not allow him to allow the moment to get too big for him. That's that's priceless, bro. Like you're paying him a salary, but what he's gonna be able to offer Mike in terms of NFL experience from the sideline and what he what he sees from a defensive standpoint that can help this offense improve their efficiency uh, week in and week out as well because. You don't bring a guy like Fangio in and not run your plan by him to see how you can improve your plan and yep. make it better. You feel mm-hmm. me? Yep. And these guys sitting in a room together across from each other and Mike possibly looking at the upcoming upcoming offenses that he'll face as well. Although, you know, I don't see Fangio being a guy that'll be like, ah, Mike, I don't need your help. I got this. No, bro, give me your eyes. Give me what you think. You know what I'm saying? Iron sharpens iron even at the, even in the coaching levels. You know what I'm saying? And these two guys being able to work off of each other to be the yin and the yang for this team, I think it's going to be amazing, bro. Like, when you, when you when you really factor in what Fangio brings to the 
table in terms of his deficiency and his knowledge of how the game flows and how to take away the most important aspects of an offense through defensive alignments and assignments and, you know, just moving a guy and tweaking a guy a little bit here, half a gap, this thing to get even more exceptional pressure up the field without having to send as many people. And you can drop seven in coverage and confuse the quarterback or confuse the offense because everything looks the same even after the snap has happened. No, those things are invaluable, bro. Like, you don't see that. What you, what you see a lot of times in the NFL nowadays is young young defensive coordinators, they don't know how to hold their water. So they mm. teach their guys, rotate early, get to where you got to get to, and then we'll play from there. But quarterbacks are smart enough to be able to recognize what cover three is and know that the seam's going to be wide open. All you got to do is clear, you know what I'm saying? All you got to do is clear the seam, guys. You know, lean out a little bit, bend a little bit. I got a wide open run. I'm running for daylight. But if you don't see that, you see too high. The rule always is, ah, run inside. Yep. Single high, let it fly. You see what I'm saying? Yep. And yep. at this point now, you don't know any of that. So, Tua is going to be able to benefit from that as well. The late the late rotations, things of that nature is what tripped him up a lot in regards to how teams kind of uh, went and threw their coverages at him. They didn't rotate as fast, you know what I'm saying? And that kind of made him hold the ball a little longer. But now when you're seeing it in practice, I think Vic, Vic's going to be able to offer the offense through, to help Tua be able to see the keys to yep. exactly. check what – you know what I'm saying? Read the whole field. See it from outside to inside because the mic don't mic is never gonna really tell you much. <laughs> but the corners can tell you a lot, bro. Corners can tell you a lot just based on where they're lying and how they're lying. And you can always watch the rotation of the safeties. But people don't pay attention to a lot of that just because they be so quick to want to get into what they're running. But if we can get the ball in quicker, you know what I'm saying? When we can get to the line faster, he had all the time he needs to process, see everything. Let them make their shit, all that stuff, and then we can make our adjustments so he can still hit them and be as efficient as he needs to be. I don't think people but realize this ball game. You only game. get to that level with a guy like Fangio. This man is about to be given the board. cheat codes yeah. to what a third of the NFL runs. That's, That's what people do not <laughs> realize. Like, yeah. like, literally, yeah. and guess what I keep telling people? What you just mentioned, ball game with him holding the ball, right? The deep, This defense highlights a lot mm -hmm. of Tua's weaknesses still. And he's gonna learn how to de Does. to develop those weaknesses. Oh my god! <laughs> Woo! Oh baby! Oh man! Spin up! Got him. Oh, uh, you know. So, um. Yeah. Anyways, um. You gotta be bro, excited. Why you gotta get me all this, hot this and bothered? Yeah. Ball game about football talk. Well, I'm just spitting the facts, bro. You know as well as I do, man. You know what I'm saying when you. Put a challenge in front of one. It has to be a challenge that they, without a shadow of a doubt, see the see the merit in defeating. And if he can go out there and successfully move the ball against Fangio in practice, I don't I don't necessarily believe that. I mean, because I, I I have a lot of faith in our guys, the the players that we have on this team. I believe across the board they can match up on any given Sunday with anyone. If they're healthy, you got yeah. a mastermind. Yeah, if they're healthy, we can match up with anyone. When yeah. you got a guy standing on the sideline calling the plays that has seen so as much as this guy's seen, you you equipped in all eleven on that side of the ball the same skill sets that you got, right? It may be a little different in terms of their position they playing, but they're seeing things with a third eye, bro. They're seeing things with a third eye, and that gets spooky, you know. Mm -hmm. And 
we know what, you know what I'm saying, that, that Bears defense and, you know, a lot of these defenses that he's been in charge of, bro, they were scary defenses, bro. They were well, literally let me, let out let here let just frustrating the well, shit out of quarterbacks. Well, let me add, add context to that for you, bro. Check this out. Points allowed yeah. rankings for Vic Fangio-led defenses since 2021. Shout out to my homie, Finn Sports. Go check him out on Spotify. Anyways, um, Vangio-led defenses since 2021. Here's where they've ranked in points allowed. Second, third, third, 10th, 20th, and 23rd. And that's because those, those are rebuild in uh, – what's it called? Rebuild season. In, in – uh, in, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, I believe that was a rebuild in Chicago. Eighth, first, eighth, 25th, and second. So half of his coaching career, he's had top three scoring defenses, and eight out of the 11 last I mean, defenses 10. have been top 10. I take that. And look at the personnel. Yeah. Look at the personnel we've got. I don't My think he's, I don't think he's been anywhere where he had a better – a better overall personnel group. Yeah, you just need to fix up I don't the linebackers. Think, when, you, when you think about it, just to fix the linebackers, yeah. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Richmond, how are you feeling about – because, I mean, you know the – I mean, you played. You know the impact of coaching, but also having good coaching. I mean, someone like you has got to be sitting here saying to yourself, man, those – because I know I'm saying it, those battles in the train training camp, you know Fangio and McDaniel, it's going to be a duel. Like, who can outdo who? <clears throat> You know what I mean? It, it's going to be – this training camp is going to be a very intriguing one to go to. But what are your thoughts about – I mean, you know how much a, a great defensive mind can impact, especially a great offense because you were on a great offense and reigned into a lot of great defensive minds during your time. What are your thoughts of this and the impact? And talk about the impact that bringing in a great defensive mind is going to have on the offense. I mean, hell, you played offense in the NFL. If anyone knows, it would be you. Well, I, I think it's, it's it's several things there, and I was kind of thinking about it when ball game was, you know, making some of his points, and you know, it, it's like a chess, it's like a chess match. Every day you playing chess, and the more you play against somebody that's really good, it's going to force you to get better if you are competitive. And so, I could see the defense once they get it installed with Chubb, uh, Phillips, and all these guys that it could be a little frustrating for the offense in two at first. You know what I'm saying? Because you're going to be like, man, he's like, no, like you said, it's going to expose his weaknesses. But a lot of time when those weaknesses get exposed, you go back in the film room, you practice, you look at it and say, okay. And then it's going to click one day and you're going to say, oh, I got it. And so now it's going to be, it's going to be an even playing field, even kill, you know, this and that. And then, it's going to help him, like 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 y'all said, during the games, you know, he'll look at it, he'll be able to process it, get the game, get the, get the play in early, and he might even wink at the linebacker and say, man, y'all shouldn't have did that. Y'all going to pay for that, right? You know, just like they had fun this past year, imagine when he gets stronger in some of those weaknesses to where no matter what you throw at him, with the accuracy and the, the way he, you know, he, he, his process is there, it's just working on those weaknesses. So if he can process this defense, like, like what he does, the ones that he's already got, it could be, it could be real scary, bro. And so, and then you get, I, I look at it from a, a point of like a guy like Chubb that's actually played for him 
And then he tell him, Phil, he says, bro, you're going to love this defense. I'm telling you, this guy we got now, I'm telling you, I ain't going to say nothing else. Just sit back. And, and can you imagine those two guys on the end coming to meet at the quarterback? So it's it's a lot of things. I'm looking at it from the offensive, from the offensive point, from the defensive players, from the staff. You can look at it from all angles, but it's all positive. It's just the offense is going to go through some growing pains because he's going to throw some stuff at him, and, and he's probably going to have two of scratching his head. But once he figures it out, mm-hmm. it's going to make him a much better player. And even probably Jalen and all those guys running routes against stuff like that, he'd be like, no, I need you to set it down here, this and that, and I'm, I'm going to get it to you. The more they communicate and stuff like that, it's, it's going to be – it's going to be a beautiful thing. They just got to go through that little rough patch. It's going to be a rough patch, but but sometimes you got to keep sanding to smooth it out. And then it's like it's like wet sand in a car when you when you done got it painted, you get all the orange peel out of it, and then it's glass, and it's just it's a beautiful thing. Let me ask you this, Richmond. Would you be okay? Go ahead, ball game, and then I'll I'll ask my question. Go ahead, ball game, because I know there's well, a delay since traditionally. Traditionally, there's always the part. There's always the the, the space in and practice where scout teams we get the number one offense against the scout team defense for the upcoming opponent but the crazy part is like man <laughs> he get to he get to see everybody's stuff really you feel me and and still be able yeah. to improve upon like we're saying the, the the stuff that he's weak in in addition to switching out and then going against the next week opponents even if they don't run with we run, his, his efficiency in what we're running is still going to be that much better, which means that he gets to see it going and manifesting in over all these different types of defenses, man. Like I think Tua is the type of player, like he said from the beginning, right? The more I do it, the better I get at it, right? He's yeah, one of yeah. those, right, where he, he has to do it to learn it. Like, you're feeding right into his hand. You, you, you're feeding right into his strength zone. The more I do it, the more the better I get at it. And once I got it, I got it. Like you said, Richard, yeah. that's gonna be spooky. Go ahead, that's go ahead, Reason. That's 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 a great thing. You know, I was thinking about about when you start bringing up scout team stuff, and when we would play at times, maybe one day out the week, not every week, but when we would do one on ones, a lot of times we would do half lines. So like the left guard, left tackle might work against the defensive end, and we would do pass rush drills. Where Dan would come down there, and not that he held the ball a long time, but he would come down and take a snap and move and depending on, he would react to, you know, if they did an ETTE, this, and it, I think it really helped him during the game when stuff started moving around because a lot of times we would see blitzes that normal quarterbacks wouldn't see because he wasn't a mobile quarterback so they know he wasn't going to run so they would just, especially Belichick, he would just draw crazy stuff but it helped him as far as moving in the pocket sometimes to buy a little bit more time, this and that, and I think the same – it's not the same thing, but just practicing against something like that with Fangio's defense is going to tremendously help Tua. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be Let me ask you this. Do you, do you expect early on at least because we've, we've covered that at high – like this defense, you know, remember this is what Staley ran with the Chargers when they took away the middle of the field in his rookie year. 
Two of the biggest games he struggled against were against the Rams, who Staley was the defensive coordinator of, and the Denver Broncos that year, who Fangio was obviously leading. And then, you know, you saw D'Amico Ryans was running a version of this defense for the 49ers this year, and they and yep. he struggled against them. So do you see, anticipate, as he gets used to it and playing against it, do you think defense is going to win days early on in training camp? Oh yeah. The, typically, it seems like they're already usually even. they already usually are ahead when yeah, training well, camp yeah, starts, usually, right? Yeah. But do you expect it because it highlights a yeah. little of the weaknesses? Yeah. Do you expect to hear yeah. a little bit of 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 things and stuff? I, I do, and the other thing I expect too, yeah. and I, I think your ball game touched on it earlier, and, and and but with Fangio and McDaniel, it's going to help him with game time adjustments. You know what I'm saying? Like when, say, the 49ers took away the, the middle of the field, this and that. You figure out what they're doing. They'll say, okay, I know what they're doing, so how do I need to attack it now? Because now they know if they take away, we're going to struggle. So now I can make adjustments, go over to the sideline with the receivers, quarterbacks, okay, instead of doing this, we're going to do this now. So Tua's going to benefit, McDaniel's going to benefit, and, you know, Fangio, he's going to benefit because – McDaniel's a smart guy, so when he starts figuring out stuff and say, "Okay, I'm gonna hit him with this," he was like, "Wait a minute!" So it's like, like, like ball games are early. Iron is gonna sharp. It's like a continual learning process when you got people that's highly, highly intelligent and they're very competitive people. It's gonna, it's gonna continue to evolve. It's gonna make, it's gonna be like putting the the offense or whatever on steroids because you're gonna recognize stuff quicker and say, "Okay, if you do this, boom." We're going to go yeah. to this. We're going to go to this. Yeah. And I think at times last year, it didn't seem like we made the adjustments quick enough or it was too late, but it's going it's gonna to happen. And, much and even Fangio is going to have a direct line to McDaniel during the game. And everyone's running a, a form of his defense. He's the godfather. If anyone's, he's going to help decipher things if we even run into walls during games, right? Like, yep. yep. You know, so, I mean, this yeah. is going to be the, right, dude, what do we talk about this, right? The ripple effect. Armstead had the ripple effect. And this is the ripple, like Bevel had the ripple effect, and here's the ripple effect now of another coach. Go ahead, Bogan. Now this is invaluable, man. I mean, I, I I remember being at um, I remember being at a game, and then the guy that was on the headset, we didn't have a lot of continuity, right? But I was I was down on the sideline, and this was like one of the third times I was calling defense from the sideline. I usually try to call from the box, but my guys, um. My two starting linebackers, middle linebackers were out. So um, the younger guys, I needed to be on the sideline for them. But the guy that was in my ear, he knew the defense, but he didn't know it the way I knew it. And the guy that taught it to us, you see what I'm saying? And then I wasn't expecting I wasn't expecting the guy to show up at the game, but he eventually showed up about midway through the second quarter, and he took the headset over, right? I I, I can't tell you, bro. Like, how much of a vote of confidence and how much more secure you are in your calls when you know that the person that's up there that's got their eyes seeing it from that view is talking to you and telling you what they think is what they think is coming next, and now you got to get ready for it. You trust you, them as much you as make you the trust call yourself. And you yeah. There you go. That part, if they get that dialed in between Mike and if Mike is struggling on offense and Vic, and, you know, and Vic is telling them, hey, this is what they're doing to you, coach. This is how you're going to need to adjust to this to be able to exploit that. Man, they're going to be unstoppable, bro. They're going to be like Batman and Robin, bro, and on, on steroids, man. They're going to be dynamic duo all over again with a, and, a, and a huge problem to deal with because 
I think, man, like, legitimately, nobody will argue, bro. Like, we got the most explosive wide receiver group in the league right now. You know, and then with Tua's accuracy and his ability to be able to put the ball on our guys, it's just going to be crazy. He's just got to learn those nuances, man. You know, and and, and Vic Vic does his part, bro. And him showing up, man, improves everybody, bro. Yeah. And before we move on here, don't forget, guys. Listen, first of all, over 450 of you in the room. So do us the favor. Smash that like button. Subscribe if you are new. And please don't forget, if you want to celebrate Vic to Miami, you know what to do. You already know what you got to do. You go to finsidethenfl.com forward slash shop. You go over here and you click on that big Vic energy, right? We got that big Vic energy <laughs> tee right there. We got stickers. We got oh, hoodies. Tight. You like that, eh? But don't worry. Like we got, that. look at, we, we put the uh, Dexter stunt on the hose to a, we put that on a uh, on a T as well, so that's rocking. Also, on top of that, we got a couple new designs that I haven't had a chance to go over. We got the him, right? The him with the one. Yeah. And then also we got the Uno, and you know we got uh, we got Miami Tua. So go check it out. We got the big thick energy. Look at we even got stickers. We got mugs. What do you need, man? You want to celebrate that big thick energy? We even got the hoodies for you too, because it's it's we're into the springtime right now. So go check it out, finside thenfl.com and go check out the shop, man. It's popping off. All right. Continuing on, Peter Schrager. He got everyone set a little bit of blaze, and this is what he said on Good Morning Football. No, okay. Um, here we go. <laughs> um Miami Dolphins are interesting to me. And that sounds like a they have two way of. outside the box. Oh, I, I find, oh, right, to me, it. if I'm the Miami Dolphins, like, I don't know what the situation is with Tua. And I look at Derek Carr, you and mean, I've got a team. physically? Yeah, I don't know if, I mean, I, I think Tua, everyone's they intention is Tua's that. returning his yeah, quarterback. Yeah. But Tua's in the final year of a contract. He hasn't gotten that big year yet. He's got that big deal. I, I don't know anything from the Dolphins' side of it. But to me, if I'm the Dolphins, I'm so close my roster is so loaded. You bring in Derek Carr to Miami. Are they not one of the favorites in the AFC? Here's what I'll say to that. Peter never just talks out of his butt. And I know Amen. you're not reporting anything, Peter. I'm not. I'm saying the two situations. You don't situation. sit here and go from the hip. I, we yeah. already know they're going to bring <laughs> So if Miami, Kyle we know Brandon they're bringing a veteran quarterback in. We know they're bringing someone in to you know, supplement Tua or at least complement Tua. I, it's a huge swing, but... It, are we, what are we doing in the NFL these days? If like you go like half measure and you're like, well, explain this. Though, hold on. It, it, how much of your the idea that they move up from Tua has to do with physical? It wouldn't stuff? be moving on from Tua. You bring them both in. Car into it, yeah, and, and just and let them compete. compete. Yeah. He's bringing a veteran in, just two scenarios. Well, I get it. This yeah. is a crazy thought. This is me, forty-eight hours not sleeping, coming from the Super Bowl. I like it, but I'm watching teams go all in, left and right. Yeah. I'm seeing Stafford and the Rams, and guess what? They go to the Super Bowl and Brady. And I think the Dolphins are a really good team. And to me, Derek Carr, I don't know, go to Miami. What about Carr to the Chiefs? anyways um now i've been a advocate of car to miami if he's a backup and affordable but this guy wants a starting job he does not want to be a backup that's why my shift and the guy that i've been calling for is give me a baker mayfield i agreed with some of the people i have in the comments who've been saying give me a taylor henneke you know what i mean okay if we got to go the jimmy g route even though it limits our playbook as a as a as a contingency plan, I'm down. 
listen, if Derek Carr comes in and understands he's number two, but if Tua goes down, you have the full, it's your job to win and take over. I'm down with that. But I don't think Derek, listen, we're already worried if Baker Mayfield thinks he's going to walk in here. He's going to think he's a starter. What do you think Derek Carr is going to walk in here and think? That's the problem. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on that before we go on to the other name here? Personally, like I said, unless he knows he's a number two until unless Tua gets hurt and is out, then then the game is wide open, whatever. But here's my problem, and I want people to really sit here and think about this too before I give it to you boys. Derek Carr this season, gentlemen, okay? All right? I want you to think about this. I'm going to lay out some numbers for you, all right? This year, he played 15 games, okay? He threw for 3,522 yards, had a 60.8 completion percentage, 24 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, a passer rating of 86.3, and a QBR of 55, okay? So the uh, QBR was 14th in the NFL. Tua Tungvaloa now, all right? Tua Tungvaloa this year, okay, in... I believe he played 13 games. Let me double check. Yes, 13 games. He had a 64.6, completion percentage. He threw, forget this, 3,548 yards, so more yards than him, than Derek Carr. He had 20, he had um 25 touchdowns, so he threw for one more touchdown. And he had eight picks and he threw for late six less picks. And I don't want to hear Tyreek and Jalen Waddle because this guy had Hunter Renfro, Josh Jacobs. He had the best Darren running game in Waller. the NFL. He had Darren Waller and he had Devontae Adams. And then Devontae he had Matt Adams. Collins had yeah. arguably Black one of his best, best years this year. So I don't want to hear about the weapons. Okay. All right. And I don't want, and guess what? Their offensive line was ranked like slightly higher than us. So, they were both mediocre. They were both mediocre at best, but they were ranked slightly higher than us. So, and they had the number one rusher in the NFL. So they had a running game. So, you know, that's why I say Carr needs to walk in and know he's number two. What are you guys' thoughts on this whole situation? Because Peter Schrager, you know, Kyle Brandt, we all know he's secretly a Buffalo Bills fan. Kyle, Peter Schrager was clearly saying, like, yo, I'm just guessing. You know what I mean? Like, this is just me playing GM. And he said Tua stays around. He didn't say move off of Tua. But everyone's saying, oh, Derek Carr, Derek Carr, got to get on Derek Carr. And you know me, I've been saying he should be a backup option. What are you guys' thoughts on this? Yeah, he's um, – Derek Carr's a good quarterback, but I, I think it could cause some, some friction or confusion. I mean, even if you sign him, I, I think he's still going to compete like he wants to be a starter. He, he doesn't look at himself. He don't view himself as a backup. So – a lot of times that's hard, um, especially when you still think you can come in and compete and play just as well as the guy in front of you. And you got to be careful, especially when you got a good team chemistry, not to bring somebody in to kind of upset that and then, you know, possibly cause a divide, which can cause you not to be as successful as you need Richard, to be successful. Go ahead. I see someone in the comments is trying to say, well, Tua did it against crappy teams. Can you remind me, did the Ravens make the playoffs? <laughs> no, can you remind me? Did the Ravens make the playoffs? Yeah, yes. Okay, yes. can you remind me? How did the Buffalo Bills finish 
a team that he had a 111 passer rating against this season, three touchdowns, zero interceptions, and over 420 yards against. Oh, did they were they a good team this year? Were the Bills good? Can you? I they, forgot. They won, were they good? They wanted they wanted the division. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I know he lit up the Lions, but can you remind me? Did the Lions beat the? beat the Packers at the end of the year and look like they're going to be a sneaky good team yeah. next year and playoff team next they're gonna year? Be a very, they're going to be a very good okay, team. Okay, I'm just, I'm just trying to remember. Just year. refresh my memory a little bit. You know, I'm having some you – know, can you remind me, when we played the Chicago Bears, didn't they have the number five passing off defense in the NFL at the time? Facts. Can someone remind me that? Facts. Okay, I, I just want to – I just I, – I forgot. I need I needed a reminder. You know what I mean? Last, Sorry. Man, last I checked, last I checked, the players don't get to pick the schedule. And – what it comes down to more than anything for anybody wanting to nitpick in the you know saying in the comments is the fact that you can't deny the efficiency he had when he was on the field. You know what I mean? Oh, I oh, only... oh, there's that word again. Hold on a sec. <laughs> da, 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 Sesame Street word of the fucking day. And that's why I'm gonna say that with a little bit umph to it. What do I keep telling everyone? What? What do I keep telling everyone? What's the recipe for a quarterback? Elite efficiency, elite accuracy, and a high football IQ. Is that not what I always tell everyone, right? Right. So yeah. I want everyone to answer yeah. me what Patrick Mahomes just won the Super Bowl with by not even throwing for 200 words. What's the key word of the day? The best national thrower since Aaron Rodgers and Dan Marino won a fucking Super Bowl off of efficiency. Efficiency. And what were we showing all year on the inside of the NFL? For those 12 weeks where two was, was in the MVP race, he was the he was number efficient. one efficient quarterback in the NFL by a lot. He was almost off the chart weekly. Yeah. Efficiency, efficiency, efficiency. Sorry, ball game. No, I no, just it's... watched Patrick Mahomes, the guy who's got one of the best arms we've ever seen, win a freaking Super Bowl because he was efficient. Yeah. People oh, want to sit key. here, goo goo gaga, go goo goo gaga over your Herberts and your losers with the big arms who can't play efficient in big time moments. That's what yeah, I'm it's saying. Not, it's, it's, it's not all about the stats. It's about nah, getting it bro. Done. It's about yes, getting sir. It done. So, yeah. Anyway, sorry, I had to go off on that. I man. think it's I think it's important. I think it's always important to have competition at every position on your team. Um, this game is about this game is not this game comes down to not being in a position where you can become complacent, and nobody should ever be so comfortable to the point that they um, they just know they got to wrap up because once you don't have somebody nipping your heels or somebody pushing you. A lot of guys fall off and don't push themselves to the next level to be great. And uh, I don't have a problem with bringing a quarterback. I don't give a damn. I don't give a shit who it is. You know, first of all, you already know. I don't give a damn about quarterbacks. Oh, I still feel like they're the most dependent position <laughs> on the field. Because if the offensive line ain't worth the shit and your wide receivers ain't crap, I mean, wide receivers ain't shit, I ain't never seen a quarterback drop back, block for himself, throw a touchdown to himself. And, you know what I'm saying? All those pieces have to be – um above average or better to, to be efficient. So um, for me, as long as you bring somebody in that's willing to compete and keep yeah. two on his toes and make sure – and I think he's self-motivated enough that you don't have to worry about that. But in the event that something unfortunate happens to him, because this is a violent sport, the guy yeah. can come in and be, you know, be adapt um, way better than Teddy Bridgewater was to actually run this yeah. thing and keep us afloat. While you know what I'm saying, whatever tour going got going on, whoever the case, whatever the case may be, because I don't I don't want to speak yeah. that. I think I think we're gonna be past this freaking injury bug and he's gonna go out here and fight. But um all in all, man, competition that competition for me at all positions is, is a necessary necessary thing. And if the Dolphins don't put themselves in a position to have that, then I think they're taking away from
the brilliance that he can gain from that experience because those guys should be in there chatting each other. What you saw? Yeah. I didn't see that when I dropped back, but okay. I look, you know what I mean? Like they, they had their own language with Bevel in there to talk to. And Bevel shouldn't be the only one in the challenging tour. It should be the rest of the rest of the room as well because they all need to get better. So yeah. bringing in a guy, I just don't know. I think Baker Mayfield want to try to – Baker Mayfield energy I think is a little off to me. Carr, I know what I shall, but I still wants to be a starter somewhere. Shit, bring Ryan back because I think Ryan might – Ryan Mike might be Tannehill, humble. Taylor Haneke, one of those guys. Yeah, Taylor Haneke, yeah, one of those yeah. guys. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and I think they'll, those will be – Great guys for him to have in there that'll still they can still win you a game if necessary if something happens. But I would time, trust Tannehill more than Bridgewater and Brissett. Yeah, yeah. they ain't gonna freaking and and like Richmond said, man, the last thing you need to have somebody coming in and doing man is messing with your yeah. with your Mojo. energy. Yeah, yeah, man. That, that, All right, that, so the the other name that's that's been that came out literally hours later from Mike Sando of. Um, it was uh, trending. An NFL executive thinks Lamar Jackson for Tua Tungvaloa trade could make sense via Sando NFL. Mike McDaniel would do great with Lamar. Uh, now, I mean, you guys can give your opinion on this, but I'm here to tell everyone this is not happening. If they trade him, no. first of all, they're going to tag him. And if they do tag him, we do not have – we literally do physically do not have well, the assets. We don't have the, we don't have the draft capital. If they put him on a, a tag, we don't have the draft capital to actually – sign him and then give up give up the pit we don't have the picks to give up if we were to successfully sign him uh, i'm here to tell you listen again I've, I've been on fangio to miami since last off season and i mean you know i can do my barry horowitz and do my little pat on the back but i can also do my ace ventura man i'm tired of being right because <laughs> I'm always right and I'm going to tell you this right now no one's been on top of this Lamar thing more than me I've been on top of this Lamar thing again he ain't coming here season. What, what, and again what did I tell everyone throughout this year you're going to hear the Lamar Jackson to Miami stuff reemerge I've been on this Lamar stuff for over a year and a half Okay, Patreons know that, channel members right. know that, people who watch me daily, people like Ballgame in Richmond and, and EM Dolphin fan who talk to me all the time, they know what, what I know about and how long I've known about the Samar. I'm here to tell all y'all, and I told all y'all weeks ago, and I'm here to tell y'all again, don't waste your time in your little spaces, your little Facebook groups, your little panels. It's not happening. Lamar Jackson will not be a Miami Dolphin in 2023. It's just not the, the cards are not – you got a better chance of Derek Carr, and that is not happening. You got a better chance of Derek Carr being the starter than you do Lamar Jackson, and Derek Carr ain't happening. So take that as you will, okay? All right? No one in this community has a better track record than me, so listen to me and stop listening to people who don't know what they're talking about because they're either going to get your hopes up and crushed or they're going to piss you off because they're wasting your time by talking about nonsense. So take it from me. Don't even waste your yeah. time listening to the rumors or plugging yourself into the rumors. It's not happening. Tua Tungvaloa is going to be the starting quarterback for 2023, but they will bring in a contingency option that will be good enough to carry the torch if Tua gets hurt or does not pan out this year or everything goes awry. Okay, that's the plan. You're not going to bring in someone. And you know what? With the way the, the contracts are structured, you, you think y'all y'all really think they're about to give Lamar Jackson more than 200 million guaranteed? Do you really? Guaranteed. We are going to do that. You guys are nuts. 
It's not happening. So stop. Don't waste your time. Don't even waste your time listening to it. And we just had the number two passing attack in the NFL last year. They want to see what he can do in year two of this offense. So prepare yourselves. Tua Tungvaloa, barring injury, will be your starter for 2023. They've already told all of this. Anybody anybody with any common sense want to see what it looked like? Yeah, that's just it, right? Anyways. um, It'd be crazy not to want to see it. Speaking of Tua, this is how sure Vegas is, and Vegas always knows. Guys, check this out. Last year, I put $50 on Tua to be MVP at plus 7,000. Right now, guys, he has the fifth best MVP odds. He has the same MVP odds as Jalen Hurts, who just went to the Super Bowl and had that Super Bowl game. Jalen Hurts is on Super Bowl. Look at that. (laughs) All right, we had the number two passing attack in the NFL. Top 10 scoring offense under him without a running game. He ain't going anywhere, people. And guess what? He cleaned up the ticky-tacky injuries, and it was the head stuff. And guess what they know? What have I been telling y'all? By training camp and everything, his brain baseline is going to be what it was before the concussions happen. We've gone over the articles. We've talked about it. He's going to be okay. Your guys' thoughts on the early 2023-2024 MVP odds? Because uh, Herbert plus 900, I mean... I really Hertz should be where Herbert is and Herbert should be behind Tua, no? Because I mean Hertz just at least went to the now. I don't think the Eagles are gonna go back. I think that was their chance to win. They got a lot of key free agents coming up. But I think, you know, Hertz might even, you know, based off of what just happened. I mean I know, but like Hertz has at least earned that three or four spot. Josh Allen, Herbert, and Tua haven't even seen uh, a Super Bowl, you know what I mean? Well, what are you guys' thoughts on these MVP odds in general? Because I think that's quite high for Justin Herbert, considering. I mean, I think Hurts I'd have above Herbert. What are you guys' thoughts? Yeah, that's that's high, like you said. Um, but, but then again, you what you got to look at for as um, MVP, uh, a lot of times is stats, mm-hmm. and you know, even talking about the, the people in the group or whatever. If he goes out and throws for, say, 5,000 yards or, or, or whatever, Herbert goes out and does that, even though they say to go to the playoffs as a wild card, he'll possibly, he'll be in, in the conversation for that just based off his stats alone if, if they look pretty decent because that's, that's normally what they kind of try to determine the uh, MVP on. That's why, you know, Tua shot up, you know, early in the season. He was yep. lighting it up, boom, boom, boom. But yep. he was lighting it up, but like you said, you know, he didn't have a bunch of turnovers, this and that. His QBR was high. Um, uh, his completion percentage, all that. I mean, it was so many people jumped on the bandwagon that they was like, man, this kid here is for real. And and then, you know, he had the injuries and stuff like that. But, you know, if he, like you said, he missed four games. He could Tua should have easily been over four thousand yards if he didn't if he played those those four games. So yeah, you know the stats and stuff, but that's probably why they got it up there and, and they consider Herbert one of the top up and coming young quarterbacks just in that. So he's going to be mentioned in the conversation, but you still got to go out there and play and, and make it happen. So that's it. I don't have a one of that. <laughs> the list only because 
Well, I don't, I don't know. I no, I don't have an issue with the list only because of the fact that um, he still needs to. Um, I say fifteen, man. Fifteen is always the mark in regards to games played. So until he does that, you know what I mean. But the fact that he's even on the list for these guys who all these guys arguably have put up like Herbert's first year as a rookie. Can't take it away yeah. from him. He did that. It is what it is. That's what got him on the map for most people, and that's how they feel about him, and they believe in him based on that. And, you know, I'm not trying to take that away from him. Burrow been basically uh, in the mix the last two seasons. Um, Pat, Burrow's obviously, the best know, quarterback in, in that class. The, yeah. the new GOAT, yeah, and Pat, the new GOAT. Well, you know, that yeah. Tomlin stepped down. They they try, you know, they're going to – they got to find somebody to put the map – you know, put the, the yeah. cape on and say that's going to be the guy coming up next. So, until somebody knock Pat off, he is what he is, and um, I'm impressed with the development of Jalen's game, but I don't necessarily believe that Jalen is the pastor that two or the other four gentlemen are. So for me, I don't have an issue with what the list is. I believe that if you do this this time next year, yeah. it'll be, two. I mean, Pat won two or two, and even though the Dolphins will have won the Super Bowl, Pat Mahomes still a bad motherfucker because you got to surpass everything that he's done. You know what I'm saying? He had two rings. You got to beat him twice to be able to leapfrog. It's the best five-year resume I've ever seen yeah. in football. Like, yeah. it's the it's best first five-year resume I've ever seen. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So, it's unbelievable. I don't have list, man. Those guys, all of those guys are the future of the NFL, you know, um, in their own in their own rights. It's crazy, though, when you look at it. Five of those guys are in the AFC and only one is in the end. So, <laughs> no, and you know what's really crazy about it, bro? You know what's really crazy? How many of those guys are from the same draft class? Yeah. <laughs> the twenty twenty draft class might go down as one, of, and we and we haven't even seen Jordan Love take the reins yet. Right. Right. You know what I mean? You might have five game changes out of that draft <clears throat> class. That's crazy. Um, Mike Kosicki, guys. Uh, over. Uh, uh, basically, what happened was Jordan Schultz from the score. Um, just a couple of days ago, tweeted free agent tight end Mike Gesicki was a name I heard a lot of buzz on during Super Bowl week. He will be so much better once he's in an offense that designs routes for his skill set. One executive told me he's a seventy to eighty catch guy when schemed for. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on that? I mean, the guy like he couldn't even make a, a dent when some real names walked in. I mean. Even look at the years he made noise was when everyone in the everyone in the receiver room fell by the wayside to injury. So what he's never shown, like, see, that's the key word, scheme for. He's never shown, Richmond, he can organically emerge as a top option like Kelsey or Kittle or Darren Waller. He hasn't shown that ability. Um and, and, and Dolphin fans kept trying to convince me for years that this guy's a top 10 at his position. And then he went to that tight end U. And some of those players were trying to gas me up and convince me he's top five. But I can smell, you know, smoke when it's being blown up. You know what? So what what, what, what are your guys what, – what are your thoughts on on that, Richmond? Because I kind of feel like, yeah. brother – Look at look at the look at the tight ends that have emerged in this scheme through the yeah. years. What, what what's the excuse here? Well, I think when you say schemed for, I think that was like you highlight that 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 changes the whole dynamics of the quote. And like you said, Kelsey Kittle, those guys are dogs. You know, he played with Tyree, this and that, even in the Super Bowl. He finds ways to get open. Uh, you, you never hear 
Kansas City saying, oh, we got to scheme something to get yeah. Travis Kelsey. Yep. He's a hell of a player. He just goes out there and, and as a defense coordinator, you got to you got to plan for him because you're like, man, we got to try to limit him because we don't limit him. This guy can really hurt the same way with Kittle, you know, the top ones, you know, a Gronk, even when he was at the top of his game, they never schemed for him. Them guys is hell to cover. They know how to get open. They're playmakers. It doesn't matter, receiver, whatever. So when you scheme for that, that sounds almost like you, you, it can almost sound like you you overpaid a guy, but you got to find a way to possibly get him the ball to make it seem like he's actually truly what you went out to pay him for by finding ways to get the ball to him. Doesn't mean that that's the thing you should do. You're doing it to kind of justify to make it look like so. Well, we paid this guy X amount of dollars, and now it looks like he's worthy because he has seventy catches and this and that, all that. So yeah, when 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 you put that label on it, it's almost like. Can I, l- yeah. Listen, can I ask you this before we get to the ball game here? Because uh, and shout out to Knight. Knight says consecutive KC. Imagine the del- damage Kelsey and consecutive. And, and I love Rome. Rome's one of my boys here, and he says as a pass catching tight end, Gesicki's absolutely legit. Are we sure though? Does he make good catches in traffic? Like, like you know what I mean here? Like, do you see him make a catch and fight through contact and break a tackle? Like, is he legit? Like, how many times do we really see him go up in, in the red zone and just high point a ball and come down to it? Now, we see once in a while, but we, we rarely see him make the big catch through contact, whether it's an open field or in the end zone. I mean, is he a legit or are we just are we just kind of like in love with the physical profile and the once in a while nice catch we get when he doesn't have someone draped over him ball game. I mean, he runs a freaking dig route. Like it's a macaroni elbow route. Like what are we, what are we doing here? I mean, is he legit? I don't see it. I listen, bro. you already know Um, from day. I've been, I've been a highly critical of the things that I think make a, a tight end, truly a tight end. Right, and um, people seem to forget. You no, know, I'm, I'm gonna address this first for those people out there that are saying, Well, damn, Tyreek must have not been, been that important to them when they got back to it. If you know football, any, any anyone that truly knows football knows that the tight end is the quarterback's best friend, and he's the, he's the most eligible receiver on the field because he's right there in the line and he can block a little bit, he can sneak out, and get open underneath the zone, catch passes, keep moving the sticks and that stuff. And when you build relationship that Kelsey and Mahomes have, you can replace a guy like Tyreek with that because that guy's going to, Kelsey's going to keep moving the first downs for you. Tyreek's going to give you the wow factor, right? What Tua, had, what Tua still doesn't have, and he's had a better relationship with Durham Smythe than he has with Mike Gosicki because Smythe will at least give you the route running aspect and he'll sit down underneath the coverage and make himself available and he'll move through the zone and get open. Mike's going to take an out route it's going to look like a round it off. It's, he's going to round it off. It's going to give the defender time to catch up to him and get on his hip and get in phase with him, and now he's dead to the quarterback. He's not going to at any point run away from anybody because the way he takes off from the line of scrimmage, he's awkward, and he's so awkward in the way he's doing it that like it actually enables the defender to actually get in phase with him early. You feel me? So all of the things like the route running, Catching with his hands, not with his body. All of those things that true, really good tight ends do, 
He doesn't do well. And I don't know. I mean, I get that he's a Dolphin, right? But if we can't be critical of our own players, they're not going to be just out here just blowing smoke up people's butts just because he was a Dolphin. Mike Kosicki yeah. has consistently had the same holes in his game from day one as a rookie at Penn State to now. Yes, he gave us some wild factor seam catches. But aside from that, when you needed him the most, when you needed that five or six yard on that out route or that in route or that stick route, he was nowhere to be found, and he didn't. He 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 doesn't. He doesn't know exactly how to go through figuring out zones. He doesn't know how to find the soft spots and settle down and work the work the work the, the linebacker. He doesn't do any of that stuff. But people fell in love with him because you that fact to catch every now and then with fits. And that was two seasons ago, man. I want to hear that. Oh, dude, I'm done I with that. Was, and I have been, I've been saying it for the longest time. I knew it was a wrap when all these boys were putting in that work at perform, and this guy's focused on being yeah, on IG. On yeah, yeah, he was on the boat. Well, they when they took the picture of everyone, when that picture came out of everyone looking at the iPad on the perform field, he was on a yacht. But while everyone's yeah. putting out work on perform, because Nick told me Gasecki only made it out there once, Lineman made it out there more than Gasecki did. All right, that, that offseason I'm talking about. And, dude, that guy was more focused – on Instagram's little Instagram videos of him throwing a ball over a house and running through a garage and catching on the other side of the house and his little frost tips, then getting better at his position and perfecting his craft. I don't need that kind of crap, bro. When we're trying to win a building, when we're trying to build a winning culture, that shit don't fly, bro. And you look at Tua, people want to, you can say whatever you want about Tua, but you heard what Jerome says, you heard what anyone close to him says, that kid puts in the freaking work to get better daily. And a lot of play, Tyreek puts in the work to get better daily. Jalen Waddle, Teron Armstead, Connor Williams, all these guys put in Javon Holland. I saw a picture of Javon Holland. He was in the training facility. The lights were like, like the lights were dimmed because it was after hours at the Dolphins training facility because he's putting in the hours with Roman McKinley. These guys are putting the work to perfect your craft, man. Not go to a little tight end university and have these guys go to bat for you to the media and try to get your money that way. No, I want to see it on the field, man. Get better. Anyways, um, that's my rant on Mike Gusecki. Guy just, what a waste of money that was this year. Um, and I said, if anyone's oh, yeah. going to turn him, we were going to find out if he was going to be able to commit and become a blocking guy. Because look at the tight end gurus we brought into the building. Look at them. Look at the guys we brought in. Embry, McDaniel, uh, Frank Smith. I'll take Derrick Smite yeah, any day, bro. He does his job, bro. I'll and take more. Derrick Smite any day over Mike Gesicki. Yeah. Yeah. Never, Durham Smythe has never wavered when responsibilities yeah. have been added to his plate. I got it's just like Andrew Van Ginko, but ABG is just gonna get priced out of here, guys. This is an interesting thing right here. Check this out, ball out game. I, I I showed uh, Richmond this, and I want to get your guys' thoughts on this. You know, everyone tries to say, "Oh, what he's got, Tyreek. He's got Waddle. Look at this." Okay, the Miami Dolphins. All right, second lowest behind Buffalo in average receiver separation this year. That's this bottom one right here. Right. And then look at this. We're on the wrong side to the left of that red line on percentage of pass yards gained after the catch. So bottom half in yak and literally second bottom in average receiver separation. And we got Jalen Waddle and we we're loving the schemes. The designs were there. Just further killing the narrative 
that Tua is relying on his weapons to do all the work, and they're the reason why he had the production. Guys, this puts it, you know, I mean, this makes it as real as possible. What are you guys' thoughts on this? I mean, we knew this was a problem when we had Devontae Parker and Gasecki and all those guys here, but we brought in, uh, you know, better design. We brought in better players, more speed, and still we're having problems generating after the catch and consistent separation. Your guys' thoughts? Well, I'll be first to tell you, I think a lot of that comes from the fact that teams – um, they played off a lot. So when you when tight when two is throwing the ball into spaces, guys were reacting to the ball being thrown and rallying down and limiting yep. the exit the, the the exit avenues for our wide receivers. You know what I'm saying? There was a conscious effort and you can see it all through a lot of games, right? When as soon as Tyree caught the ball, there was four guys right there trying to you know what I'm saying, make a circle around him to ensure he didn't get loose and get out. That in itself eliminates the yak right off the right, right, you know right out the bat. I don't think at any point it takes you know it's a, it's an indictment on tool or our receivers. It's just the fact that defenses know when you're dealing with that type of speed, you got to rally now. You got to rally. You, you got to rally sure, right? You got to be sure about what your alignment is and how you're gonna get down to make this tackle. And you can't let this guy get loose. And that's what I saw more than. Thing because scared money, a lot of teams ensured that we didn't, they don't allow us to get behind them or get into clean lanes with clean veins within their defense where our guys can make take one step and get gone. You see, them? and that's that's what I believe that that entire metrics is depicting right there for me because me watching the game sitting here on Sunday and I'm thinking, like, damn, them folks are letting us get loose, bro. We're getting the ball, we're moving the first downs, and they're making the catches, but. Ain't nobody gonna let us get loose, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's just the nature of it. But a lot of that can be prevented with the sound run game. Because yes, then sir. at that point now they got to start thinking yeah. double. But you get away from the run game now. These guys all they gotta do is just key in on keep everything in front of you, rally down and make the sure tackles. Yeah, you're gonna see metrics like that all over the place. So yep, there you go. Yeah. I love it. Your thoughts, Richmond? <clears throat> yeah, uh, I think ball game hit on the head. You know. Speed kills, and I mean, even before Tyreek got here, we saw even a quick little out route. We're turning to 60, 70 yards or whatever. And you know, even at times this year, um, Jalen Wallace, he hit him right on the money, crossing passes. When you got not one guy, but two guys with that type of breakaway speed, um, you go play back and you, you, you're going to say, you know, let them catch it in front of you and then kind of collapse on them. But um, I thought it was a great point also he brought up is that, you know, if you bring a running game, now you got to pick your poison because eventually if you start collapsing on the running game, they're going to mix it in there and they, they're going to hit you with a play action or whatever and it's going to be too late. So, like, you know, we've all said, you know, this was the first year of McDaniels' offense. We know there's things got to be fixed, but it's so much more, I think, to build on because of his, you know, his brilliant mind. And now, you know, bringing in Fangio, where you've got something like that to work every day against practice and stuff like that, it's going to be, it's going to be good. And I, I think the receivers are going to benefit, and I think even the running backs, you know, as we continue to get better, because I. I think yeah. they're gonna go out and continue to sign the right players to to help build this thing the right way, and we're not we're not far away. If there's if they got us as the eighth strongest team right now, we make. Some you saw that on ESPN, changes. eh? You like that, eh? Yeah, yeah. Oh, 
Woo. It's gonna be big time. Yeah. Remember, hey, you know it's been hey, a long time, bro. It's, it's been, been a long, long time. time. This has been the top <laughs> ten in the rankings when the Super Bowl ends, huh? Oh that's boy, that Rakim. feels good. Yeah. Eric B and Rakim, we're gonna make me pull out my old, my old classic music. Yeah, it's been a long time. Oh, I shouldn't have left you without a dope beat to step to. All right, <laughs> ball game. Um, Richmond, final thoughts yeah. before we get out of here. Um, just a reminder, guys, I'll be back tomorrow night with Neil Driscoll. We're gonna go through a positional preview unit by unit for the Miami Dolphins heading into free agency and we'll discuss the latest news tomorrow night on fin to deep and then saturday i'll be live in the day for a live stream because it is your boy's birthday so i'll have an open panel people can come up say we can talk football do whatever you want but it will be a little bit of a birthday celebration on saturday but gentlemen final thoughts before we get out of here um i just kind of echo what both of y'all said earlier, you know, um, it was it was about the Fangio deal. Just just try to be a little patient. Don't panic, you know, when you hear something, but just be a little patient and let let the people in the front office do their thing, bring it together because I think we're gonna get hit with some more stuff in the free agency. I, and um so I, I'm gonna just sit back and just kind of relax, but I think they're going to go out just like they surprised us last year. The Dolphins were aggressive, this and that. And I think, you know, whatever we need, they're going to go get this and that. And then, you know, finish off with the draft. But just patience is a virtue. That's the only thing I want to leave with them. And I'll I'll be looking for y'all next week. So that's it for me. Ball game. Yeah. Yeah, I think across the board, man, it all comes down to just being realistic and taking a a real honest – assessment of where we are and what's been accomplished over the last three seasons. This team is right here at the door, man. And then they legitimately have all the momentum necessary to kick it open, keep it open, and then not fuck off its hinges to get to the Super Bowl as well. You know, it just comes down to um, they've made a lot of sound front office decisions. I don't see that not continuing. And I think across the board by going out and securing you a head coach for your defense, that's going to be also inclusive under your head coaching umbrella. That's that's going to serve twofold purpose, like we talked about earlier, helping Mike, mm-hmm. helping the offense, and well, three, helping the defense, obviously, but helping Mike and um, just being another um, sounding board for him. That's, that's going to be priceless, man. Experience is experience, and good experience is hard to come by in terms of coaching. You know, and you got a guy that can bring that much to the table, man. You can always take something away from it and I think the more quality um, the more quality t- teachers, coaches, whatever you want to call them at this point because that's really what they're doing, they're teaching the game um, our players have to pull knowledge from and techniques from, the better they're going to get and um, I'm overly excited about this group man, I'm just telling you bro, I hold the field but I believe in Chris Greer I believe that um, he'll do everything necessary to ensure that we have the most um, most competitive group that can get on the field on Sundays. Um, that the salary cap and you know saying whatever unfortunate circumstances have in the NFL can provide us and allow us to have. I do believe that he's going to do everything. He's going to turn over every rock possible to find 
whatever it is we need to complete this 53-man roster and, and also the scouting guys too. So yeah. just be patient, folks. I know, you know, and it seems like it's a long time, but before you know it, you're going to blink your eyes and then the draft is here. here. Free, once free agency starts, you're definitely in the thick of things. Once you can get that three-day window to start tampering and talking to cats, it's on and popping. And that's when um, I think we do our best Only work when they have an ability to be able to you get to entice. Look, listen, they, they put enough work in out at this point where people are actually considering South Florida. Just yeah. for the fact that ain't no state tax. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. go somewhere else, they're going to be beating you over the head with state tax. But you come to Florida, you ain't got to worry about that. That's why people are willing to take That's a little huge. bit less off the top. You're too. your money, though. A little bit mm-hmm. less. Yes. Yeah. All of that. So, um, as a fan base, be happy. You know what I mean? Be, be, be giddy about where we are. I think this... We got it turned around a while ago, and now the momentum is definitely positively pointed in the right direction. So just be patient. And then, you know, back back the team, man. Back the logo. You know, don't fall in love with players because players do leave. I love AVG to death, but if they can't fit AVG in, and I want him to go somewhere, man, so he can continue his career and be amazing. I think he still has a lot of upside. But, you know, we're going to lose some guys that – we got a couple of guys probably that I I have affinity for, but in the same facts, it's a business at the end of the day, and I'm a, I'm about the logo over individual players. So, you know, All right. and if y'all start looking at it from that from that lens, y'all might be able to actually deal with a lot of this off season stuff how it comes and not have to be so stressed about it. Because at the end of the day, none, none of y'all make any decisions anyway. So just keep plugged in the in the reasons. <laughs> he, he got all the information. So. <laughs> all right guys i'll be back tomorrow night um probably earlier than usual with uh neil so be on the lookout for the episode of fin too deep tomorrow we'll see y'all tomorrow night until then we'll see uh, the three of us will see y'all back here next wednesday enjoy your evening we'll see y'all tomorrow fins up baby thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.